Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus, for no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules, and it is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is our text. In the name of Jesus, amen. So this morning I wanted to share some t- st- statistics that I found. I was curious upon reading this, this text about Christian soldiers, and so I figured I would check in on how the Lord's army is doing. And now this text, well, gives us an opportunity to have a tough conversation. A conversation about Christian soldiers and how we are training. See, in recent studies done on the state of the church, I found these troubling and somewhat concerning realities. One of those realities being that that 82% of self-proclaimed Christians only read their Bibles when they go to church on a Sunday morning. Now, of course, 82% of those Christians who go to church on Sunday morning only consider regular worship to be once a month. And with those statistics in mind, then we are surprised that 64% of our teens and our children raised in the church will not return after high school. All of which I look at, all of which I sort of shake my head, all of which I look and say, onward, Christian soldiers. Today we heard Paul writing to his young pastor friend, Timothy, who is sort of a a pastor in training, and he is writing to him concerning his pastoral ministry, sort of appealing to those ordination vows that he has made, yet yet today's Paul's Paul's words are, are not only for pastors, but are for Christians of all kinds and in all places as well. See, Paul likens the Christian life to to three different things, as we heard in our reading, one of those being a soldier, a soldier of Christ Jesus, he says. And this is sort of a common Christian trope that we often use throughout the church. We do. We talk about being in the Lord's army. We sing songs like Onward Christian Soldier, which we'll sing a little bit later. And we talk about being in the battle and on in the war and being on the right side. Yet I wonder if we understand the weight and the commitment and the reality of such a notion. See, the thing about soldiers is every soldier takes an oath. Uh, Something like this. I, insert your name, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, 
and that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over me according to regulations and the uniform code of military justice. So help me God. Now some of you sitting in the pews this morning have said these very words. You spoke them with your right hand raised and you you gave your oath upon joining the military of the United States. And everyone who enlists, everyone who serves, at least it's my understanding, takes this oath. They must pledge. Pledge allegiance to their country and to all of those who command him and they promise to obey. And this means even to lay down their life. It's a noble task. A noble task done by noble men and women, all for whom we should be thankful for. And this oath is the ultimate kind of an oath because it is one that that is binding and one that demands the highest of sacrifice. And for those who take on this oath, I can imagine it sort of changes them. From that moment on, they have, they have kind of a new name and identity as a soldier. And if you know anything about soldiers, it becomes their very lives. It is di- their lives will be dictated by the oaths they have taken. Their lives will be demanded of and their lives will be set. Until they're released, that is. And so when a soldier takes this vow of enlistment, it becomes everything. Their life is dedicated to service of country. So then, what does it mean to be a soldier of Christ? To be conscripted into the Christian life in an all-encompassing vocation. What does it mean to, to be treated as a soldier in the Lord's army and which oath do we take? the day Paul seems to say to Timothy, don't get sidetracked. Don't become distracted with another life because Christ is your life. You are never off duty. You're never something other than, first and foremost, a Christian. You're never more than, first and foremost, a servant of our King and Lord Jesus. See, there is sort of a mindset in religion that simply seems to make it a small part of who you are. A religion sort of becomes, I don't know, a a personality trait of sorts. It becomes sort of maybe a a part of your life, but, but not the entire thing. Yet this is not what Christ has said about following him. To, to be a Christian is, is not simply just a box that you check when you're filling out your demographic studies. <laughs> your, your religion, Christianity, is, is not simply just a, a personal interest that you partake in. It is not a hobby. It's not something that we just include on weekends where there aren't any further and more pressing things to do, like vacation or sporting events or or catching up on sleep because you stayed up too late. So you may have not taken ordination vows or even military vows, but many of you have actually taken a vow. Many years ago, for some of you, 
Some of you, they'll be taken in a few weeks from now on the date when you were confirmed. And maybe you remember, maybe you have no recollection at all. These vows sounded something like this. Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? Do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word, and deed to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church and to suffer even death rather than fall away from it? And then maybe you, as a 7th or 8th grader, not understanding the gravity of this boldly proclaimed, yes, with the help of God. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, dear soldiers, you have been called to an uncompromising yet, yet cheerful confrontation with a world which holds contrary allegiances to other gods, the devil, and to pleasures. And these gods, they, they strive to demand your intention based on import and pleasure, and this world is full of these gods. They're, they're everywhere you look. It's, it's kind of like apps for your phone. Whatever you want, there is a god for that. And Satan. Don't forget about Satan. Satan. Because Satan is alive and well, and he loves to place these gods before our eyes, causing us to be, become distracted and intoxicated. He, he loves to show us lives of comfort and ease with shiny cars and big houses, nice clothes and decadent food, lives where money can truly buy happiness. And well, even if it can't, well, we're going to try. See, Satan, Satan takes the, the beauty of man and woman made in God's image and he perverts it, taking the beauty of sex and sexuality and, and ruins what God has made, something that was, that was so beautiful and so good. And Satan, Satan spews lies to our children, especially our children. And he causes them to question their identity and, and he confuses the meaning of love and their own self-worth as a precious jewel of God's creation. And Satan loves to harden hearts. And he hardens so many hearts to the suffering of others who simply see compassion as nothing more than a chore. And Satan loves to whisper in our ears, what makes you happy, he says. Go ahead. Take it. It's all yours. I know you felt it. I've felt it. Maybe you do find your Christianity, your, your faith, which you so dearly cling to, is sort of compartmentalized in a safe space where no one will see it, no one will hear it, and no one will talk about it. Maybe. Well, this morning I want to say to you what Paul said to Timothy so many years ago. Don't get sidetracked by another life. Don't stop marching. 
Christian soldiers, all of the gods that Satan shoves in your face will, will only lead you to lives of despair and wanting. All of the gods that Satan puts before you, all of them promise things that are untrue. Many of you know this, but money will not bring you happiness. And this, this idea that, that sexuality is your identity will not help you discover who you are. And if you seek to only do what makes you happy, well, because of the sin in our hearts, you will be left wanting. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, this, this Christian life is not one that will lead you to your best life now like some other people may tell you. No, no matter how much we want to believe it, this Christian life is not one that will shower you with earthly, earthly riches and pleasures. It will not lead you to a place of power, influence, or authority. But instead, this Christian life will lead you to an unexpected and, and surprising place. It will lead you to, to take up your cross to follow Jesus. Follow Jesus is a tough task. There will be suffering. And there will be things to endure. Because the Christian life runs antithetical to our kind of Western sensibilities. We, we love comfort. Yet there will be many times when Christ calls you to be uncomfortable. We love individual freedoms, yet we are bound to love and serve our neighbor. We love rights, yet Christ will call us to lay down our lives. And we have our own dreams and desires of what we vision life to be, things that we strive for, but Christ calls us to die to ourselves. And so we follow him. We listen to him. Because our lives, your lives, belong to him because you are soldiers of Jesus Christ after all. And we are at war, believe it or not. We are at war with ourselves, that, that inner struggle between, between saint and sinner, good and bad, righteousness and sinfulness. We are also at war with Satan who permeates everything around us. Satan is our enemy and he is after you and me. Satan, who is our enemy, is after you and your children and mine. Satan, our enemy, is after Christ's church. And Satan will be in your ear. And he will whisper those poisonous words, injecting them into your very soul, telling you that, that you are not enough, that you are not worth it, that you are nothing but a failure, a sinner, and someone who deserves death and hell. And he will continue to whisper those lies in your ears until you finally start to believe it. And he will cause you to despair. And he will then attack you and your family, your friends, and your children. And they will be endless. And when the suffering continues on and it feels like you can no longer go on and despair, bear hits. I want you to remember and endure. Remember. Remember Jesus Christ, the one who has been raised from the dead. Because this, dear Christian soldiers, is how you endure.
This is how you endure in the burdens of life. This is how you endure in uncertain and troubling times. This is how you endure in sorrow and in grief. This is how you endure in suffering and in pain. This is how you endure rejection and cruelty, and this is how you will endure even pain and the threat of death. By remembering that Christ has endured with you. That Christ has gone on before you. Christ the one who was crucified and joined in your pain. And Christ the one who was raised from the dead, winning for you forgiveness, life, and salvation. Christ has given it all to you. And he stands in victory. He has conquered the battlefield. He has earned and defeated sin, death, and Satan, and the world for you. So remember, Christian soldiers, remember, endure, and fight. But don't fight the way the world fights. Don't fight the way that, that wars are fought. Fight in the way of Christ. Because we fight a quiet war, a war fought by you faithful people. See, you Christian soldiers, you fight against Satan when you devote time out of your busy schedule to simply go to your father in prayer. You fight against our adversary Satan when, when, you, when you get up in the morning and you fight that battle of getting your children ready for church and you bring them here. You fight Satan when you raise your kids up in the faith. You fight against Satan when, when you simply fulfill your daily tasks and do them well. You fight against Satan when you, when you love your spouse. You fight against Satan when, when you don't just ignore those in need, but you give to the hungry and you care for the orphans. You fight against Satan when you read the word of God. Now I know, it's not easy. The world is ever before us, and Satan is ever active, especially to the Christian. But brothers and sisters, Christ's yoke is light. He will carry your burdens. So endure. Remember, Christ has been raised from the dead. And he will come back. And when he does, it will be on the clouds of heaven and he will come in victory. But until then, onward, Christian soldiers. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. Amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until that day he returns. Amen.